Good evening, good evening, Red Raider Nation. This is the Cotton Club crew coming to you or coming at you on this Tuesday evening with a Grading the Game podcast. I'm joined with Jack and Reed, both of the Cotton Club crew. Um, we're actually starting to get a whole lot more into the, the season. Game one's already been over and done with. A, a lot of time to process what happened. Um, we're going to kind of keep this brief, grading the game. I don't think there was any particular set of group of of tandems, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs, of anybody that really had a passing grade. We all watched the game. We all watched the struggles. We all We all were there to witness and all be pissed off at the same damn time with whatever reason, play calling, how Sheck was playing, defensive line not getting a push or not being disciplined, having penalties, not, you know, just things that you don't typically see out of a tech team and how this Joey McGuire brand season two has normally gone. So we're going to keep it pretty brief. Obviously, we're going to do more or less. We're going to kind of flip the script on grading the game going forward as to what we can do to get those grades better. So we'll just call it extra credit work. So what does our offense need to do? What does Zach Kitley need to do? What does our coaching staff need to do? Defensive line, so on and so forth, about raising the grade that they came out with on the first, we'll say the first test, maybe, you know, pop quiz. You know, Wyoming was that pop quiz that turned into a very big mess, ultimately a tougher test than what we could overcome. So what can we do to get better? What can we do on the offensive side? What can we do on the defensive side? What can our coaching staff do better to raise that bar to something that our standard, whether it be our standard is striving for perfection or just anything better than what it was in Wyoming. So Jack, I'm gonna come to you first on this. We're going to start with, I'm going to give you the, the, the biggest one of them all, or at least one, two. Um, what does Tyler Shuck need to do to raise his grade from, from that first game with Wyoming going, going into Oregon on Saturday evening? I think, I think Shuck just needs to relax. And I feel like during the game, he became super antsy in the pocket a lot of happy feet, and he knew who he was going to throw to before the play even started. He kept his eyes on one target, never left, and never went through his progressions. I think, plainly stated, I just think that he needs to trust himself. Um, he is where he is for a reason, and he can go through the progressions, and he's getting the reputation of you know a practice quarterback well i i truly think that as soon as he takes that step to transition his game from the practice field to the game field i think that he is going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the country the key to that though is when um will he ever do it I hope so. I hope it's this week. Uh, but I think that regardless of what plays are called, it's been said that Shuck has full control of this offense. So he can check into whatever plays that he wants and you know, change up protections, you know, call out mics, wills, all that. So just do it. You're there for a reason and just trust yourself. I think that for some reason he has just a hard time of once he makes that first mistake or once he has a bad throw that he, he just loses all confidence in himself. I'm just looking for him to trust himself and just be the quarterback that you know you are. Like I said, you're there for a reason. Just prove it. Yeah, it's easy to just kind of just say trusting yourself and moving forward and, you know, next play happens, you know, on to the next, what's next, you know, that's a big mantra within this football program of what's next. And it's kind of hard to see that happening with, with sometimes with Tyler Shuck, because once that 
interception happened, things started looking off mechanically wise for him. Shuffling his feet didn't seem like he was totally comfortable in the pocket. You know, that could also be tied in with the offensive line, which we're about to get into. But he just didn't look right. He didn't look like the Tyler Shuckin against Ole Miss. He didn't look like the Tyler Shuck versus Oklahoma. He looked like an average quarterback. And we don't need average because we know that he's above average. He's not just your average Joe Blow. He's not a um, just a, a, a basic quarterback who's just kind of pushed into the fire because, you know, injuries. You know, he's he was a highly recruited um, quarterback out of high school. He earned the job in Oregon came to Texas Tech, earned the job here. I mean, he has all the makings to, you know, take that next step and to potentially get his name called in the NFL draft in this upcoming season. Now, will all of that transpire, you know, you know, to be determined, but he does have the tools, the size, everything to get to that next step. Will he get there? Like I said, that's to be determined. But, you know, I, I fully expect him to take strides this week um, play with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Obviously, he's going up against his former team. I don't foresee Shuck having another game like he did in Wyoming. I just feel like you can't get any worse than that, how he looked. So on to the next, on to the next game, and on to the next opponent, and we're ready to rock and roll. Tyler Shuck, I think, is going to take that next step. So we'll see what he does as far as that extracurricular homework moving forward against Oregon to get his grade up. Now, Reed, I'm going to jump into you with this question. With so much emphasis and so much garnment for, I guess, our offensive line, you know, the size, how many years they've been playing, and just the cohesiveness of there of the of the line, they had so much going for them going into this game. Obviously, they did their job up to a point. They did give Shuck a fairly clean pocket to work with a majority of the time. But at times, they struggled mightily, uh, missing assignments, things like that. Um, where do you see and what do you think this offensive line needs to do as a unit to bump their grade up from their D to just say a B, low A kind of grade? Yeah, I, th I think it's uh, it's just pretty evident we could not run the ball whatsoever, um, really until late when they started running Tyler a little bit. I don't really know if that was even, like, wanted. Honestly, I think they were just trying to figure something out to move the ball at that point in time. But um, I think we averaged, like, I think I saw not even three yards of carry. And, you know, that's just not going to fly in an offense where you're expected to score so ever many points or – score nearly every possession, um, especially with the lead back as, as like Taj Brooks is. Taj Brooks is. So um, I think the number one MO they got to do this weekend is be better in the in the run game. Uh, I think that starts with the middle three guys, which is, you know, kind of where we expected the, uh, the nucleus of the line to be. And I feel like the interior was worse than the outside tackles were um, throughout the game. Uh, there was – I could count like a handful of snaps where I feel like Rusty didn't really even um, get the ball back to the position where Tyler needed to catch it and kind of in rhythm in order to get the play going. So um, kind of that could be some on Tyler too. I don't know if they're off on snap count or there's just a bad snap, you know, you know, you know, you don't know. So um, Kelly was obviously frustrated with how they played. Um, I could see in the presser about him asking or saying about how, you know, like the, the yards per carry and, I just wasn't um, really pleased with how they played. But um, at the end of the day, it's on him. So hopefully they can kind of regroup that, that group and, you know, trying to lead on each other a little bit because like everybody knows that whole unit has played a lot of games together. But the one key thing out of that is that they hadn't played a lot of games together. So I think uh, over time they'll, they'll start uh, meshing together a little bit better and kind of learn each other's habits and hopefully be able to back each other up a little bit more. But – I don't think they could have started off on, you know, probably a worse foot, at least in the run game, than they did this past weekend. So um, I would I would definitely look into doing that, especially with the way that Oregon's able to score the ball. Um, they're they're going to have to find other ways to get people open and move the ball down the field other than just having to chunk it down 20 yards every single time, which uh, I don't know if we would even try and do anyway. But 
I don't really want to run Shuck five times in a row like we did the other day either. So um, really need to get Taj going and even, you know, Cam and some other guys as well, but starts up front with them. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, obviously, I made a statement about that, that this line hadn't had a whole lot of, you know, time to gel or there was no cohesiveness other than in, on the practice side. But still, even at that point, they were still, you know, trying to figure out roster spots, to my knowledge. I know there were a couple guys that had already secured that, but, you know, that right tackle deal with Caleb Rogers and I believe Ty Buchanan was still kind of up in the air there and um, Cole Spencer had already earned his spot, Rusty Stats, Dennis Wilburn, you know, all of these guys haven't had a whole lot of time to actually gel together in time. I do agree that they will get better as a unit as long as they stay healthy. And that's usually always a big, a big deal for any, any sport, you know, just staying healthy and staying on that side of the eight ball, you know, just gelling as a unit and moving forward um, to your point, you know, we do need to try to establish the run. Um, Oregon kind of seemed to score at will against Portland state, but let's just call it for what it is. Portland state is a five, a school in Texas at best. So we can't really take what they did to them all the way, all the way. I mean, granted we did play Wyoming and, you know, everybody kind of saw the outcome there. So this offensive line is going to have to, to step up early. They're going to have to dominate the front, um, give our give our defensive guys a break because, you know, the longer they're out there, the more and more this Oregon offense will be able to dominate our defense, you know, if we can't control the line of scrimmage on the offensive side. So um, I do believe we grow from this, just like all the other position groups that we will be talking about. I do believe, obviously, our you can't dig yourself in any bigger hole. I'm sure you can, but I don't foresee that happening. I expect this group to be playing also with that same kind of chip on their shoulder to go show people that this is what they're really about. And I expect them to take a step forward and potentially helping um, the tech offense, you know, get a jump start. So this next group of, um, of guys, I'm going to just all bundle together because it's, it's, our receiving core, wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. Now, Jack, obviously, we know about the woes with the running, the running game. We didn't establish a run. Our offensive line couldn't hold up. We abandoned the run. Shuck had more uh, rushing attempts than Valdez and Brooks. You know, it's just one of those things that you don't want to see whenever you're looking over some some stats or wide receivers did their job, but they, they didn't really create a whole lot of separation. I know that there was a couple of times that the wide receiver was running free or they were open. Chuck just made the wrong read or threw the two of the wrong receiver and didn't keep it simple in front of them. And then, you know, as always, it's kind of hard to, to grade our tight end group when you don't use your tight ends. Obviously, Baylor Cups out there, Henry Teeters, number three, and then we have Mason Tharp. Mason Tharp was only targeted twice, I believe. Um, Baylor Cup, I don't think, was targeted once. Henry Teeter, I didn't see in the game. And then your number four tight end, um, Jaden York, you know, catches two balls and one for a touchdown. So it's kind of weird how that all happened out. So, Jack, going into our skill position players as a whole, Obviously, you could kind of say our grades are dependent on, you know, what happens with the offensive line and Tyler Shuck. But from the standpoint of just the wide receivers and the tight ends and our running back group, what do they need to do collectively to push forward our offense? I think you touched on a big point for the receivers and it's creating separation. That was a big knock on this group last year. And yes, while there were some plays on Saturday where they were open, there weren't enough. And you could attribute that to play calling. You could also attribute it to them just not getting open. Um, you got to run crisp routes. And you should be able to get open against a Mountain West secondary. Um, I can't, like you said, I can't even grade the tight ends because they weren't used. I'll give Jaden York an A because he caught a touchdown pass. Um, but you can't you can't grade them as a whole. They weren't used. 
they're just it's I'm I feel so strongly about this and I, I just I don't know if anyone real I mean I I think people are starting to realize how strongly I feel about it. But the fact that you have at one time you could put in an ultra heavy package really with two tight ends and have Baylor Cup and Mason Tharp out there along with uh along with Fungi or Sparkman or Jaron Bradley and you could have four people running out for balls that are over six that are six foot four or over, which is absolutely absurd that I would line up in that formation every single time. I'd split out the tight ends, both of them, make them defend it. There's not a secondary in the country that can defend four plus six four guys running around and catching ball, catching balls. I guarantee it. There's none. But will the plays be called for that? That's that's the big question. And you know what? They start dropping eight guys back to defend the pass, like Wyoming did the first two series. Guess what? You can hand it off to Taj Brooks, and he can carve them up up front. This isn't... I mean, it's difficult to call plays into a game plan against a defense, right? But the concept of it really isn't that difficult. It's really not. Because they're going to do one of two things. They're going to load the box and try and stop the run and force you to throw it deep, which is what Baylor did last year because they knew that Kitley wouldn't trust Shuck to throw it deep, and we saw the results of that. Or And we saw the results of it against Wyoming. The first two series, Wyoming only rushed three guys. the entire Both drives, the entire drive. You can go back and look at the film. They only rushed three guys and dropped eight. So, granted, we could have ran it and probably had a lot of success doing that. But Chuck was just picking them apart on the short passes, and it was working. Then all of a sudden they realized that they could rush five, and we weren't going to test them over the top. And so this is where the play calling comes in. If you're Oregon and you load the box, I, I mean, I think that's what you do. I think that's what any defense has to do against tech right now to be successful just load the box make them beat you deep make them beat you over the top because right now the receivers really aren't getting open that well and god knows we're not going to throw it to the tight ends so it's i mean i'm sitting here and i'm just scratching my head it's not difficult to beat tech scheme wise but at the same time tech could beat any scheme that anyone throws at them so easily it's just almost as if they refuse to do it. And so to get back off my soapbox here, I think that receivers need to get open. The tight ends need to speak up and be like, hey, it's time to call our number because we're sitting here and we're waiting and we're way more than capable of doing this. Um, Taj, good God, man. I hope you get some carries this week. I have a feeling you might, but, you know, just make the most of the carries because God knows if you're going to get more than 15 of them in any given game because I'm starting to question it. So just make the most of the carries for Taj and Cameron too, for that matter. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much what I got. You know, kind of touching on the um, skill position players, there was a lot of people that were, kind of missing from you know the are said too deep you know and it was kind of weird not to see him out there at any given point because you know they bring every wide receiver has a different dynamic you know we have our speed guys and miles price jordan brown um dre mccray then you have our big guys your lowicks your jared bradley's um of the world and then you kind of have these little hybrid guys your nehemiah martinez is um, Xavier White, these other guys, you know, guys that, you know, are great in space, using them in the backfield to, you know, decoy, get people moving on the defensive side and um, not to be able to see some of them on the field on Saturday was really disheartening. Now, I believe Nehemiah has been dealing with some kind of injury. Now, I don't know if that's why they kept him out just for precautionary reasons, just to move forward going against Oregon for whatever reason, but I would like to see a little bit more of him on the field. 
Brady Boyd, um, guys that who actually made a name um, during this spring and during the fall camps, you know, to actually see some legitimate playing time. And I think the the addition of all those guys and then the addition of, you know, our offensive line playing better will just kind of bode well for our offense collectively to get that grade up. Is it going to happen? I'm not exactly sure. To your point, if they load the box up, then what are we going to do? Are we going to take the easy route? Are we going to actually try something deep, keep those guys on their toes and make them honest and play us how they normally will play us? And, you know, that all just kind of goes schematically into what Zach Kittley is going to run there um, and just see how we're going to take take advantage of some of those mismatches. And maybe we could get those mismatches in our favor to where our offense could be opened up just a little bit more. So we'll see what happens there, but I do expect to make some strides forward because, you know, I can't recall where tech has been bad offensively to where they only scored X amount of points like that in back-to-back games. I'm sure it's happened at some point in time, but there's nothing in my memory over the last, I would say five years where they had back-to-back games where it was just, a dud like that and when they came out flat they came out you know well they didn't necessarily come out flat they actually came out strong but then after that it's just like all of the wind was taken out of our cells so we'll kind of just see what happens we'll monitor that but i do believe technic takes the next steps forward to um to you know going back to our offense you know seeing us move the ball at will getting that tempo moved up just doing things that we are accustomed to seeing um so that I'll kind of leave that at that and we'll see what happens moving forward into Saturday. Now jumping across to the other side of the ball here, not much difference as far as grades go. And that goes for our defensive line, our linebackers and in our secondary. Um, everybody, every group struggled. Our linebacking group looked pretty good up until Jacob got injured. And, you know, that may be the catalyst of this all his injury and then everything just kind of went down with it. So, Reed, I'm going to jump to you on this one. Our defensive line had a lot of returning guys coming back, a lot of hype going into it. The Steve Linton. Uh, we had great stories like the Bryce Ramirez of the world. We had our two inside guys coming back in Hutch and Bradford. I mean, we had a bunch of momentum here on our defensive front, um, and they, they struggled a bit. Um, what do you see them changing up? from game one to game two to get their grade up into the passing grades. Yeah, honestly, I think that was my, my biggest surprise in terms of position groups that um, didn't kind of perform to what I expected. And this is like the first D line group we've had um, in recent memory to me, where we've kind of had a six deep and I feel confident about, you know, all six of them playing legitimate minutes or, you know, seven, eight guys, however many it is. But um, I don't really, I don't, I don't know what it was. I don't know if Wyoming's offensive line was much better than we anticipated. I don't know if the, the D line is maybe not as good as we thought it would be. Um, things of that nature. But based off what we've, what I've read out of camp, um, I mean, it seemed like our two edge guys, especially Miles Cole and um, Steve Linton were both pretty big, pretty disruptive in, in, in camp and kind of made a name for both themselves and were able to um, kind of be all over the field. And, you know, to be honest, I didn't feel like either one of them really made any notable play in my eyes. Um, I did notice Linton had a wrap on his hand. I'm not sure um, what's what's going on. Like, you know, what's the setting or scenario with that in terms of how long that might be a thing. But um, that may have prohibited him kind of be – um, is, is fully, um, his, his full self in terms of what he's able to do. But, um, two interior guys, they, they did all right. And, uh, Hutchings and Bradford, I feel like they were steady, but again, didn't, didn't really do a ton of, of really anything outside. I think Hutchings had a late sack towards the end of regulation, but, um, other than that really didn't do a ton that stood out to me. So, um, that, I think that's really a main thing for me is, I mean, easier said than done, but um, with the quarterback like Bo Nix coming in next week, uh, I'd really like to see at least um, some more pressure on him. Obviously he's going to scramble some. It's part of his, it's part of his MO. So 
Um, I think it'll be good to, you know, contain the edges as best we can, force them inside. Um, hopefully our linebackers are going to be ready to go and you know, run run a lot of, lot of, lot of yards and miles because he's going to be scrambling all over the place. And um, if we're able to keep him towards the middle of the field, maybe that gives us a better chance of getting him on the ground before he's able to ramper, uh, ramper off, you know, 20, 30 yards for a scramble or anything. So, um, kind of like a lot of the a lot of the other position groups, um, I, I think this was a floor performance for them. Hopefully, so anything that they can do that was better than that is going to be good for me. But uh, at the same time, I'd like to see some more some more pressure dialed up at times too. But uh, that that kind of falls into the other position groups on the defense as well, other than just defense. So. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. You know, they had a lot of hype there. They did at times get a pretty decent rush, but as I believe DeRuder said in his presser that, you know, we weren't we weren't um we were not we didn't stay within our lines. So essentially they as a lot of people watched the game there, um the quarterback with from Wyoming was just able to step up through some some pretty weak arm tackle attempts and then just gouge us for little chunks at a time. Yet they weren't like big chunk plays, but they were chunk plays enough to make the the next down easier for them or to secure a first down. You know, we weren't able to stay within our lines and get home. So we need to be play more sound sound on the defensive front side, you know, just to contain. Obviously, Bo Nix is the quarterback for Oregon. We kind of already know what kind of hype he brings into this game. We'll touch on it later on in the week with some of our other our other programming. So I won't go into much of it here, but we're going to need to really keep him in the in the pocket there if we want to have a solid chance of of winning this game. So I do believe our defensive front is going to take the strides. They have all the talent in the world to do so. It's just they actually have to go out and do it. Um, had some discipline issues up there as well, but you know we'll kind of we'll touch on that here shortly when we get to our coaching staff. So we'll just kind of leave that one where it is for right now. But I do see our defensive line, just like every position group we're going to talk about. I do believe every every group is going to take that stride because it's kind of hard to be worse than you were this last Saturday. The only way you could go was up. So I do expect some different things to be changed up front with DeRuder and how he calls the game and our guys just being motivated to, you know, prove the naysayers wrong. Now, jumping into the linebacking group there, Jack, I know this is this was one of the, the biggest probably question marks going into the season, replacing the double Ks there in Krishan and Kosai. And what we did was we ran out there with Josiah. We moved him inside, and then we also brought in Jacob Rodriguez. We all kind of know what happened with Jacob Rodriguez. He was hurt there. I believe it was late in the first quarter. Um, strip fumbled, and it looked like he took a late hit. No, he didn't take a – He it didn't look like it. He took a late hit and ultimately was a demise. Now he has a, a foot issue that's going to keep him out four to six, four to six weeks. Um, we threw in a kid. I don't remember what his last name is, but he's an older kid from Midland. Um I don't remember it, so forgive, forgive me. Uh, we're running with Ben Roberts out there. We moved jo uh, Josiah back outside. And, you know, that that position group, you know, once Rodriguez went down, kind of took a step back. Josiah did about everything you could expect him to do. He was all over the field. He looked gassed after a while. Just, you know, altitude does that. You know, I, I understand it. you got to play the game. You have to prepare for it and then, just, you know, us unable to get them off the field at times kind of gassed our linebacking group. It's a lot of runs. They rushed the ball a whole lot of times. They, DeRuder was blitzing quite a bit. You know, our guys were, were a little, you know, gassed there. No, not taking anything away from Wyoming. That's just kind of how that played out with our linebacking court. Um, obviously, Jack, with, you know, so many question marks going into the season and now with the Rodriguez injury, what do you see this this linebacker group doing to to raise their grade to at least something that you know we could count on them and meaningful games and then there's no bigger game coming up other than what we have going on on Saturday uh I think the name you're looking for was Trent Lowe is that right 
That's right. Midland, that right? Midland yeah. Mid yeah. That's my Midland bias there. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think you can't really overstate how, how big of how big the injury to Rodriguez hurts. Um, I, I feel like the the kind of screwed the momentum for the rest of the game for us. I mean, if that was really around the time that everything just took a turn for the worse. I think that the most unproven and probably thinnest position group on this team just got a lot more thin. So it's going to be really tough to stay up with the uh, with the rate of competition as this season goes on. Um, minus Tarleton, I guess. But to put it bluntly, I mean, we've been spoiled at linebacker over these last few years, right? I mean, we had Colin Schooler, we had Rico Jeffers. Uh, you mentioned it on uh, Kosai Eldridge and Krishan Merriweather. Just have had some real studs and uh, like anchoring down that linebacker core. I think that this is a huge opportunity for a lot of those younger guys like Trent Lowe and like uh, Roberts, like you were talking about. I think that it's a big, 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 big opportunity for some of these guys to get some meaningful snaps and some meaningful playing time, probably a lot more than they thought they were going to get, honestly. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they rebound. There's no doubt now. I mean, let's call it for how it is. Uh, there's no doubt that this is going to be the weakest spot on the defense going forward. Um, and it's no disrespect. It's just the truth. It's it's the thinnest position. There's not a lot of depth. Um, there's a lot of a lot of inexperience behind uh, Josiah and the rest of those guys that are starting. Uh, so I think that you need Josiah to step up in a huge way. Like more than I think you, like, if I was DeRuder, I would pull him aside personally and be like, this is your, this is your squad. Now you need to focus up and get these guys right. Cause we're counting on you. And to put it bluntly, we are, um, it's not every day that you get a guy transferred to Texas tech from Florida. So I think that, we need to rely on the sturdy frame and, you know, his experience. I, I think that if I had to pick someone going forward, honestly, not even just on defense, because the defense is half the battle. Um, I think the well-being and the, the, the outcome of this team as a whole, um, whether he realizes it or not, is – it's pretty reliant on Josiah Pierre at this point. I think that there are granted, there are a lot of other guys, you know, Tyreek Matthews, uh, other guys like that. Uh, you know, you, I guess you could group Steve Linton in there, kind of not really, but um, we talked, you and I talked about this last night, Joe, uh, if they're just going to double Steve Linton the whole time, it, it gives the opportunity for a lot of guys to make plays. And I think that this is that, that time where a lot of these guys, especially Josiah Pierre need to step up in order for uh, this team to succeed. Yeah, this is one of those, the only group that I, I have penciled in that could potentially take a step back. And that's not necessarily a knock, like you said, at anybody particular. It's just like you said, it's one of our thinnest groups as far as, experience goes i mean we have the bodies there and we have some talent sitting and wait there but i don't think they're quite ready yet we have the ben roberts um we have the kid from midland again i just trent low um we have ty Kana, i believe the kid from houston i mean we have some bodies there that that have been in the system a while but don't necessarily have the game experience and then that's kind of where where it's going to hurt us. Does that necessarily mean they don't have what it takes to 
take a step forward, by all means, no. It's just that the, the odds are least in their favor to do so. And that's just a numbers game. We do have some studs there in the weight. Um, Miguel Dingle, Justin Horn, those kind of guys, those sideline to sideline guys who are just freak athletes. And those guys are in the in the coming ranks. But it's just I don't believe it's something that you would burn a red shirt for unless it's an absolute need. So I think this is the the one group that, like I said, they could either stay at a stalemate or they could just, you know, you know, go back a little bit just based on on the numbers game. A lot's going to be on their plate. A lot's going to be on our defensive front as well to help those guys on the right there on the second level to where they can run around and kind of, you know, do their own thing. But that's left to be seen. Hopefully our guys could take the next step forward on in that side of the ball. But like I said, it's just the odds just aren't in their favor. We have the we have the guys there. We just don't have I mean, we're just about to, you know, trial by fire kind of deal. We're going to have to just throw them in there. Um, so hopefully that that linebacker group gets healthy. Obviously, um, hoping Jacob Rodriguez for a speedy recovery to get back um, to help us help us later on in the year, and we'll go from there. Um, now the position group I'll I'll take care of is going to be our secondary. Our secondary didn't really there wasn't really worry, I guess, so to speak, to say how it would be to grade our secondary. You know, some they did make plays at times. There was an interception that was negated by a hands to the face. You know, they they kind of locked them down for a while. But the times that we missed is the times we missed. And, you know, it was easy. They used their tight end. It was it's crazy what happens when you use or utilize a tight end where they were eating us up there in the middle of the field blown assignments there that cost us that um, touchdown in overtime. I believe it was Tyler Owens. I'm not exactly sure that he just got there late and thus causing the tying touchdown that led to the ultimate two-point conversion that led to the victory for Wyoming. It's kind of hard to grade them based on the kind of passing game that Wyoming presented. Um it's just that they missed a whole lot more than they made. You know, there were some guys there. Um, Taylor Dimerson came in up, coming up from the secondary, making some tackles. Braylon Lux coming up, making some tackles. CJ Baskerville doing the same thing. Like, I mean, we had guys coming up from our secondary, making meaningful tackles there in the, in the run game. And that's great to see because we're going to need a whole lot more of it. And there, and then they're going to be um, tested this this upcoming week against Oregon. So it, I don't see them regressing. I see them taking that next step forward. It's just really hard to grade the secondary whenever they weren't really fully tested. The times they missed, it was the times they missed. Everybody, like I said, was down in Wyoming. Just one of those things, nature of the beast. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. They're going to get tested. They're going to get tested early by Bo Nix in this offense. So we'll see what they bring to the table, but I do see that they do have all the makings. It is a deep, a deep group, an, an older group that's been there. And then they do have some younger guys in line and wait that are ready to rock and roll that have been in this system for some time as well, that are just waiting for their number to get called. So I believe our secondary, we're going to get some interchangeable pieces out there. I think they relatively stayed healthy against the Wyoming game. They all came out kind of unscathed. So, like I said, we'll see. Like their grade is also one of their the tougher grades, just because they weren't they weren't really challenged. Just call it for what it is. Wyoming's a a run heavy team, and maybe based on film, Oregon becomes a run heavy team. Like I said, yet to be determined. We'll just kind of go from there. Um, Reed, I'll kind of go to this last group. I mean, we could touch on Gino Garcia. I believe that he does does well. I'll just keep this brief about Gino. He did make some meaning, meaningful kicks. He got us in, into overtime. He is a he is an older kid who's also kicked in live games, maybe just not quite as meaningful in the Big 12, but he has the leg to get the job done. One of his kicks was a trajectory thing and I think that's a that's an easy fix. Um, one of the other kicks he nailed, but the, he was screwed on the on the clock which we've talked about before. That's a home cooking deal. 
the the 50 yarder he hit the upright on i believe if he that that kick was longer in distance it was already making its way back and needed about another yard or two to fully hook in that hit the upright i think that's good from beyond 50 and then the the two that he made so i think he's going to take a step in the right direction the tra- trajectory thing is is usually a pretty simple fix. It's just, you know, getting out of your own head. And I think Gino Garcia can do that. Um, so I'll just kind of leave our, our special teams because there wasn't really much any more than that. McNamara gets a grade. I think his average punt was like 50 plus 45 plus. Um, we didn't have any fumbles on a kickoff return or a punt return. So, I mean, it's kind of really hard to grade those as well. So we'll just kind of move on to the last bit of this night. Um, Jack, I'm going to give this one to you. We had X amount of penalties. We had weak play calling, offense and defensive side. There was a lot of discipline that also kind of goes in there with the um, the lack of being, I guess, fully prepared as as a whole coaching unit style. What does Joey McGuire, Zach Kitley, and Tim DeRuiter need to do? to propel this offense, to get it back to the brand? Well, with, with Zach Kitley it's, and Joey McGuire, for that matter, it's pretty, it's pretty simple, and it's just trust your quarterback. Uh, if your quarterback's having trust issues with himself this far along in a career, I don't know really what to say. Uh, you're here for a reason. You're in your fifth or sixth year of college, let the man throw the ball over the top. Um, prove that he can throw the deep ball, because he can. We've seen it. We saw it against Ole Miss. We saw it, honestly, we saw it in the first quarter against Wyoming. And he had a good touch on the ball. I just don't understand the fact of getting away. When you throw the deep ball, you're going to throw interceptions. It's just if you can limit the interceptions. So let the man throw the ball deep. Let the receivers run under it, and we'll score a lot of points. It's a lot of fun. I've seen it. It worked here in Lubbock for a long time. It was a lot of fun. So I remember games where Tech would win 70-63. to 63. The, the defense was atrocious, but the offense was really fun to watch. And guess what? Now we have a defense that actually cares, and it actually gives a shit. So... If you're Tim DeRuiter, I already said it. You got to talk to Josiah Pierre and you got to make sure he knows how important he is to this team right now. Uh, I think that you also talk to Daydream Taylor Demerson um, and probably Bryce Ramirez. I feel like Bryce Ramirez has a, has a big voice in this locker room. So I think you get those guys. The front line is going to be okay, they're going to be fine. Uh, I think this the altitude got to them after a certain amount of time. Um, but I think that, you know, Jalen Hutchins and Tony Bradford, those, those guys aren't ever down for long, if ever. So um, I'm not worried about the line, really. Um, I, think you, I think you talk to your linebackers, talk to your secondary. Obviously, you have a Heisman contender, Heisman frontrunner, really, uh, coming into Lubbock this week. So now's the time to make a statement. You made a, you made a statement last weekend uh, as a team, but it wasn't the right statement. So now's the time to write the ship and I'll leave with this one thing, with this one thought, man, it would be the most Texas tech thing ever to go on the road and lose in Wyoming week one and come back and beat Oregon in week two. It really would. And um, those of you that have been following the program long enough and in a lot of us that listen to these are lifers. So you know what I'm talking about. Um, it truly would be the most Texas Tech thing to lose to Wyoming in week one and then come back and beat Oregon in week two. So let's let Tyler Shuck throw the ball. We've heard of, um, let's let him throw it. You know, take take the reins off, you know, take, take the training wheels off and let him throw the ball. Um, please, God, mix in some runs. Let's, let's, you know, let's actually watch the defense, what they're doing. If they're going to front load the box, throw it deep. When they start dropping seven, eight guys to protect the, or to defend the pass, let's run with Taj. 
And in the meantime, if you're if they're kind of in a you don't know look, you got some big ass tight ends to throw the ball to that are bigger than anything they got to throw at you. So let's use them. It's again this is, they really sometimes make it out to be harder than it's supposed to be. Um, but I but I truly think that these are the keys to the game this week, and you know how we can improve. Yeah, that sounds. I mean, it sounds simple enough. I mean, you just have to go out and do it. We done talked about it all all spring and all summer, how a lot of these things had been addressed, how a lot of this team was taking that next step forward and a lot of hype. And we've talked about it in a lot of other pods, and we've uh, we've heard people around the Red Raider Nation talk about how it was a big slap in the face. And, you know, I think these guys are going to wake, wake the fuck up because, I mean, this is what they needed if if – if losing to Wyoming was the motivation you needed to get going, so be it. You know, that game's over, done with now. We could harp on it all all we want, but it doesn't change the fact that we're 0-1. All we could do is change the narrative moving forward. And I believe this team has all the makings to do that. So we'll see what happens in the, in the upcoming days. Um, Reed, do you have any closing thoughts on the grading and what our – football team needs to do moving forward to take the next step on Saturday. Yeah, I'd really just kind of go all encompassing um, kind of based off what Jack was saying, really like we, we know what we have. It's just a matter of going out there and, and doing it honestly. And outside of like just kind of silly mistakes, I feel like our defense as a whole played pretty well. I mean, you gave up, 20 points in regulation like it's not like they let us up from beginning to end or anything um on that side of the ball and uh i think the offense stalling is more or less what what kind of transpired with you losing that game um obviously it's a a team loss you missed three field goals you missed you know so on so forth uh the rodriguez injury hurt really bad and like outside of just those stupid penalties like we played pretty well on that side of the ball in my opinion so um for the most part so um i mean it just clean up the mistakes really like even on offense so there was i mean outside of the pick and then um, a few other questionable throws i don't personally feel like shuck played that badly um i don't know if not throwing the ball downfield was him not wanting to do that or if they were you know kind of telling him to keep it in front and play shorter anyway. So um, they're going to have to open the playbook open, you know, way more than what they did last week in order to, to keep up with Oregon this weekend. Um, Cause I think no matter how good our defense plays, Oregon's going to find a way to score the ball because they're just the offense that they are. So um, it is what it is, but um, you know, it, it's a bad loss in week one, but at the same time, you've got no better op- opportunity in front of you to kind of, I mean, honestly, I think you would just wipe it a clean slate if, if you go and win this this weekend. I think people would forget about what happened week one. So um, I think they know that. I think Joey knows that. So I'm hoping they can just fire them up and, you know, kind of get their mentality that if you go do it, you, you should have done week one. No one's going to remember what happened a few days ago. Yeah, I think I think we have all the extracurricular. I think we have all the extra homework. I think we have everything else to turn in like to make to have these grades bummed you know i i was pretty i was pretty um adamant about just the linebacking group the only major concern for me um as far as you know grades being being set and actually increasing from week one to week two but you know like i said i think that's going to be a focal point of where we need to look at you know moving forward with the Jacob Rodriguez injury and, you know, how we kind of scheme to get that fixed. But I, this team has talent across the board. I mean, everybody knows it, our offensive line, our defensive front, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, just everywhere. We have some kind of playmaker. Yes. We don't necessarily have that elite elite guy who will just is when his number gets called, it's, it's going to be a play. We don't have a bona fide alpha, so to speak. So it, it, it's, it's a numbers thing. We have to t- tackle this thing together. We have to move on together for us to, to 
to grade out higher as a whole. Joey, Kitley, DeRuder all took ownership of what happened in Wyoming. Let's move on. This is this is the end of it. We don't need to talk about it anymore. New game week, new opponent. Let's start fresh. Like you said, Reed, you know, we win this game kind of maybe necessarily doesn't clean the slate, but it cleans the slate enough to where you could feel good moving forward in the rest of the season, you know, so we'll kind of see what happens there. Um, but that's kind of going to conclude our, our, our game grading on Wyoming and, you know, expect a lot more programming from us moving forward. We'll do, I believe a preview tomorrow of, of Oregon um, and we'll, you know, continue and continue to put content out there for you guys to take a listen to. Give us a chance. I know that a lot of other podcasts and things like that are out there. We support those. We all share the same goal, the same love for Texas Tech University. So if you just want to hear a fan's per- perspective, give us a shot. Um, on Saturday, me and Jack and potentially now um, maybe Reed. We'll be walking around tell, diff, through different tailgates, trying to get our name out there, introducing ourselves. So you could have put a voice with a face, things like that. And you know, maybe you'll maybe you'll join the squad. You'll maybe you'll jump on. Maybe you'll become a regular listener. Maybe you'll love what we put out there. Not everybody's going to love us. Not everybody's going to hate us. But we're going to continue to do what we love, and that's talk Texas Tech sports with you guys. So. Um, a quick programming note, just moving forward, this this programming of the grading the game is going to be moved to Monday. So we could talk about the we could do an instant reaction Saturday, our sober up Sunday, um, talk about the game more a little bit more in detail. And then we'll do grading the game on Monday and then jumping into our Tuesday mailbag, which could touch on a bunch of different subjects, any t- any anything Texas Tech any sport, anything you want to talk about, we'll answer it. We're here to, if you guys want to know what Jack's favorite ice cream is, ask it, you know, I'm sure he'll be, he'll be glad to tell you that it's vanilla bean. Jack, I really don't know if that's your favorite ice cream, but that's just a shot in the dark. It actually, it actually is. So that's a pretty good, (laughs) so that's a pretty good call there. Oh, that's so great. But yeah, we're, we're here for you guys. We do this for the fans. We do this for everybody that supports Texas Tech. We support Texas Tech, and we would love if you support us as well. So moving on into the evening, right now it's 9 o'clock. We're going to call this one quits. We're going to be moving forward on. Join us on the next one. We'll be in touch. Have a great evening and wreck them.